This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. Today is Pentecost Sunday and it represents the birth of the New Testament church as we know it. God fulfilling time through Old Testament and coming through the ages of time through his son dying and what really happened after Jesus died and was resurrected and Pentecost Sunday represents a festival of the Jewish people celebrating Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was given on that day and I want to read some verses here today and um, remind you what Pentecost is all about amen I'm going to be in Acts, the first chapter. Just follow me as I read. I'm going to read several verses, but follow me as I read here today. I want to have a topic today, back to the waiting room. Everybody say, back to the waiting room. And I'm going to take the shortcut in my message today, but back to the waiting room. And it just means that the waiting room is the place that you wait for an expected news. It's the waiting room is the place where you sit in hopes of a great outcome. The waiting room is the place where God sends you to prepare you for what's to come. And I believe in this message, it is prophetic in nature because I believe the church needs to get back in the waiting room. It's the place where God births us into great joy. The waiting room is the birthing room. Back to the waiting room. I'm just gonna start reading from Acts 1 and I'm gonna do a little bit of teaching here today. Because one of the things I found out over the years of being a pastor is a lot of people, we've been to church, we've been to church, but we hadn't been taught well about the Holy Ghost. Hadn't been taught well. There are Christians who are still afraid of the Holy Ghost. They're Christians, they're saved, but they're afraid of the Holy Ghost. Um, some still have misnomers about the Holy Ghost, that they believe the Holy Ghost is for dancing in church. And that's the only way they experience the Holy Ghost is when they give God a dance or a holy dance. And um, the rest of their life, there's no expression or experience of the Holy Ghost. Only when they come to church do they dance, and we call that only the expression of the Holy Ghost. Um, the Holy Ghost is much more than that. It's the gift of promise given to the New Testament church or the believer who believes on the Son so that we may fully express the life that Christ died for. All right, I'm gonna do a little bit of teaching today. Acts 1, just follow me as I read here. And, and there are times as a pastor, um, God has me go through several scriptures. And I don't mean no disrespect to anybody, but what I've found out over my years in pastoring and teaching people is that we are often biblically illiterate. And what I mean is we just haven't spent enough time to really learn the word of God. And I don't mean no harm in saying that you are brilliant and you are smart. But until we really learn to read and understand the pages, we don't understand what God is doing, okay? So Acts, the first chapter, let's start reading the former treatise. I'm going to start reading the former treatise. Treatise, treatise I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. 
to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them the apostles 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which saith ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence let me pause uh, Acts is starting out trying to help us understand trying to bridge um, what happens in the New Testament all to this point of the book of Acts where it really walks us through uh, Jesus dying and being resurrected and I remind you that after Jesus died and was resurrected he spent time with his disciples he spent time reminding them that he was the resurrection, reminding them of what their job was to do now as the apostles to carry forth this gospel. It's the part in the gospel where he has to remind Simon Peter that I have I've called you to teach and preach. It's where he reminds his disciples uh, that I've called you to lead my people and prepare the way of the Lord. And as he, he reminds them what their call is now that he has died and is sitting back at the right hand of the Father. It's miraculous how Jesus actually took time even before, um, during this time, to remind Thomas that he's a real Jesus. Uh, Jesus had came back to talk to the disciples about his uh, death and resurrection and um, Thomas wasn't there in the room. And finally, Thomas comes back a little later, Jesus had left, and they told him, man, Jesus came in the room, and he walked through the walls. I'm going to spook a little bit of y'all who hadn't read that story before. It, Jesus came in a transfigured body and walked through the walls, and they tell him he came, and he reminded us of our call, and Thomas said, I don't believe it. While he was yet talking, Jesus came back walking through the walls and told Thomas, give me your hand and put his hand in his side where he was pierced in his side. He said, Thomas, give me your hand. Feel where the nails were in my, in my hand. And, and Thomas taught, um, touched his hands where the nails once were. And it reminds us that Jesus will help us believe. Say, so he'll help us. He'll help us believe and he helps Thomas believe that he is the resurrected savior. He's prepared the disciples to carry forth this message. He's reminding them that John baptized with water, right? And many people understand the baptism of water, but don't understand the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. The baptism of the water is in similitude or is almost metaphoric in a way to what it is to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so what God had done to prepare people for the Holy Spirit is he sent John the Baptist baptizing people in the river of Jordan so they can get ready. As a matter of fact, John's message was make, make the path straight and get ready for who is to come. Whose shoes I'm not worthy of to unloose he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the other part he like to say and 
fire I love it now and fire John the Baptist began to introduce them to what it is to be submerged to go under the water mean that the Holy Ghost gets in you and he'll get on you it's a change that comes on the inside and, and John the Baptist baptized John the Holy Spirit is there to confirm that this is the Lord and Jesus is teaching and getting his disciples ready for the Holy Ghost till this time they have not been filled with the Holy Ghost he has promised them that they will be filled with the Holy Ghost he has promised as a, as a result of him dying that the Father will send the Holy Ghost who will be the comforter and the Holy Spirit comes to lead and to guide us into all truths the Holy Spirit comes to give you unction everybody say unction to function yeah the Holy Ghost comes to give you unction to function similar to let me help you uh, the Holy Ghost is like an internal GPS system you're, you're accustomed to a GPS system. When you're going out of town, you take out your phone or you put it on the dashboard of your vehicle and you say, I want to go to Tampa, Florida. And by then, it maps out directions you can go to get to where you have to be. And it begins to lead and guide you. If you've never been to Tampa before, the GPS can get you there. If you've never been to a destination before, the GPS, as long as you listen and follow it, you can go places you've never been before if you will follow the GPS system. The Holy Ghost is the unction to function. It's a GPS system in your inner man that allows you to live in fellowship with God. It'll tell you things you never knew. It'll bring you places you never thought you could be because you have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. When you have the Holy Ghost, you have the spirit of counsel living in you meaning he can tell you stuff that you never heard of before he'll tell you where to go he'll tell you where to be and he'll teach you things you never know more. matter of fact the Holy Ghost is the master teacher oh he's the master teacher he knows all things he knows the things of the father and he's able to relate the things of God to you and I so the Holy Ghost, he begins to say in verse 5, that I want you to have this promise of the Holy Ghost. You understand the baptism of water, but the baptism of water is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is neat for me to say, before I read the rest of the verses, one of the challenges of the body of Christ that God has continued to have me teach and preach is that the New Testament church has not been ordained to function by believers who only been baptized in water. The New Testament church is not designed to be led by pastors who don't have the Holy Ghost. It's not designed. You were never going to understand this book and understand how God moves until the indwelling of the Holy Ghost comes inside of us. The New Testament church has been designed for spirit-filled believers. All of you who have accepted Christ ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. All of you. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is not designated to a deacon, not designated to your grandma, not designated just to some some old mother you can be 15 and be filled with the Holy Ghost you can be 10 and filled with come on how many got filled with the Holy Ghost young some of you got filled with the Holy Ghost young I got filled with the Holy Ghost at 16 years old I could have been filled much earlier but I pushed the Holy Ghost 
off many years many years not yet not yet go to a revival not yet go to prayer band not yet not yet lord not yet <laughs> y'all some of y'all who've been to church know what i'm talking about and especially being one of them strong churches I, I always talk about that i've been to one of them strong churches where you almost got saved every sunday <laughs> almost got saved every sunday and after church you're like whoo dodge that one that day whoo they almost got me y'all don't know what i'm talking about one of them strong altar call churches where they'll say come to jesus come to jesus come to jesus just now and you think they finished he will save you he will save you Look. and the people walk around the aisle you just ducking putting your head down Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But, but it taught me the way of the Holy Ghost. That all of us are supposed to be spirit-filled. Say spirit-filled believers. So the church of New Testament is not designed just to be baptized only. All right. Even in the, in the book of Acts later on, we're not going to get there today. There were some disciples that came upon the apostle Peter and then he began to talk to them and they say, hey, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost since you believed? They're already believers. He didn't say they wasn't believers, but he said, well, have you been filled since you believe? So it's possible to be believers and be not filled right and he says no and he taught them about the holy ghost lay hands on them they were filled with the holy ghost see what i'm saying and so it's possible to be saved let me say it like this being saved being saved prepares you for heaven but how you know how many know after you get saved you ain't about to go to heaven quite yet he's left you in the earth so being filled with the holy ghost brings heaven in you and if you're going to be saved and left in the earth you're going to need the Holy Ghost because the enemy is going to fight you over your salvation but before you lose your salvation or give up and turn your back on God I know I just said a key buzzword lose your salvation because people think they can gain stuff and not lose it now you keep believing in one save, always save, and you'll find at the end at the end time you ain't saved. Because if you can gain something, you can lose something. Come on, if it's no possible to lose it, then there'll be no such thing as a backslider. Backslider is somebody who has walked away from God. How are you gonna live a life walked away from God and on that final judgment day be judged only about what you did in 1952? And now we're here is 2023, and you're supposed to be entering into the kingdom of heaven based on something you did in 1952 and didn't maintain if that's the case all of us to get saved today and then tomorrow cut the food y'all don't want to say nothing here that false teaching that have people living reckless and living any type of way because they think what's well, because they got saved when they was 15 but what done happened since you 15 you don't sin cut the food you need to repent and live right See that false teacher have people just thinking once say always say and you cannot lead you that is I can prove it all through the Bible if I had time I'll go to scripture that'll make you repent while you still believe it 
And people have getting tricked into that once saved, always saved, and they live in reckless lives, and it's not true. You got to maintain your salvation. You got to stay walking with the Lord day by day. Getting saved ain't designed just to get saved one time. Can I be honest with y'all? Since I've been saved, I've had to get saved again. Since I've known the Lord, I had to, I ain't saying nothing. Since I've come to know Jesus, I've had to come back to this altar more than one time. I needed him to renew my faith more than one time. See, y'all want to play around like the day you got saved. You ain't never had to come back to this altar. But if you live around, struggles going to come. If you live around, your flesh going to act up. And you going to need him to touch somebody. Say, touch. I feel the Holy Ghost. Touch me again. in here I don't need it God many times I ain't going I ain't even got time to tell you how many times I don't had to repent since I first repented I ain't got time to tell you how many times I had to say Lord forgive me since I first come on you don't get saved one time and don't repent ever again when the Bible says we have to crucify flesh daily daily I got to tell my flesh hush up daily I got to tell my mind we can't say that Joe daily I got to tell myself we can't act like daily I'm in a war and how I'm gonna win this war when my tank is on E see the Holy Ghost fills you up and give you energy to fight that devil who's coming after you and some of us are trying to fight battles with our tank on E Your tank is on E. You don't have a, you don't have fight. You don't have power to fight because your tank is on E. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you tell the devil you ain't even seen nothing yet. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you say I'm running for my life. When you get filled again with the Holy Ghost, you can get strength to walk away from habits. Y'all ain't gonna let go. Habits that had you. Y'all ain't never had no habits. I'm the only one. Habits that kept you in sin. Habits that kept you repenting. Come on, but when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you say that thing ain't worth my soul. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you say I got strength to walk away from the thing that once had. When you get filled, say filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. The New Testament was never designed just to be just baptized in water. You ought to be awakened in your spirit, man. You ought to be enthused and energized in your spirit, man. He told his disciples, he says, y'all can't do this work without no Holy Ghost power. Because you're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up. But how many know the Holy Ghost won't even let you quit sometime? Now, how many over the course of your life done tried to give up before? Done tried to get out of. If y'all been honest, I tried to lay down and die. I mean, just lay down hoping that death will come get me. When you're so tired and discouraged, you just want to lay down and hope you go somewhere. But the Holy Ghost will say, no, 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 not yet. The Holy Ghost in you will pick you back up and say, get over your pity party. Get over sadness. Get over what happened to you. Get yourself back up again. And the Holy Ghost, tell someone of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he told them, I need you to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. Verse 6, uh, verse 6, I ain't going to get through all of it, I already know. Verse 6, when therefore there, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, they said, Jesus, Lord, will thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to bring everything full circle now? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, 
which the Father had put in his own power. Meaning, stop worrying about the full thing when God's going to wrap up everything. Stop worrying about it. Stop being, let me say it like this, stop being a prophetic junkie. He didn't say don't be prophetic, but stop worrying about that stuff God's going to do. Sometimes we get so prophetic, we are off assignment. We're so prophetic, we're not following what God told us to do. We're so worried about what he needs to do, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And right here, they'll say, oh my God, is this when you're going to bring the kingdom back to Israel? Look what he says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father put in his own power in other words stop being distracted by God's business this is verse 8 but you shall receive power here's your power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and, and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth he said what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you power I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be filled with power. You're going to be power to be a witness. See, the Holy Ghost gives you power to be a witness. You know, the witness, witness is somebody who's able to testify on what they've seen and what has occurred. See, when the Holy Ghost gives you power to be a witness, you can say, oh, no. You can get free from drugs. Because the Holy Ghost has given you power to be a witness oh no you ain't got to be stuck with lust all day Mm-mm, I was once a mess five years ago I was once an alcoholic I'm just talking out loud giving examples I was once a, I want you to think I was just naming all the stuff that I was you know because I was talking in you know first term and they was gonna be looking like oh that joke was messed up I was but I'm just saying I'm not talking about me you know uh, I once was a drunk I, I was this I was this but, but, but when power comes he gives you power to say I'm not that anymore by relationship with Jesus he has actually changed me and I'm a witness that you can be transformed I'm a witness that you can overcome I was once in all kinds of stuff thinking all types of ways but the Holy Ghost came changed me come on somebody I will I feel it too I once was all tell somebody I was once all kind of stuff but the Holy Ghost I was once all kind of things I had all kind of thoughts I did all kind of things and all kind of things had me but when the Holy Ghost came he gave me power to be a witness that's why again it is not for the believer to live according to the flesh that's why the Bible says in Galatians, it's not, he says, he says, those who live according to flesh shall read the flesh, but it says that if you live after the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because it is not meet and right for a believer to continue to live in the flesh. You ought to overcome your flesh by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, see, teaching on the Holy Ghost, start, stop giving everybody excuses to constantly live in your flesh. Because uh, when you get filled with the Holy, when we understand the Holy Ghost, you got a neighbor next to you that start talking about, I once was, I once was, and I once was, which means it's available to you to change. It's not God's design for us to live according to our flesh, but to live according to power in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's read verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. So he's talking to them about the Holy Ghost, and now he gets taken up. Everybody saw that? 
I love reading the scripture because sometimes we preach to people and we don't teach them Bible. But when you read this Bible, you start finding out stuff. While Jesus is talking to them with, about the Holy Ghost, he gets taken up. Yeah. Taken up to the heavens. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Angels, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up in the heaven? Because Jesus has got taken up. Why, why, are you why are you sitting around, church, gazing up in the heaven, waiting for Jesus to do something? Church, why are you sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back? He's going to come back when he's going to come back. I say he's going to come back when he's going to come back. And until that time, we got work to do. There's a church, and I'm telling you, I grew up in a church that was waiting for Jesus to come back. We ain't witnessing nobody because Jesus come back soon. I'm saved. You better hurry up and get saved because he's coming tomorrow. Y'all ain't know. Some of y'all bearing witness to what I'm saying. I grew up in a church that Jesus was coming tomorrow. I tried to invite my grandmother to my graduation. I called her like in March and I said, I'm graduating in June. And she said, she said, she said, Lord, grandma may not be here. Full body, no health concerns, nothing going on. I said, grandma, what do you mean? You may not be here. The Lord may have already come. I, I said, grandma is March and it's us in three more months. If, if you believe the Lord has kept you this far and he ain't come, just believe God that he's going to keep you to see me graduated. She said, who boy, you something else? That's why I like you so smart. <laughs> but see, that old church just believed that Jesus didn't come any day and they weren't doing much. They were just waiting on him to come. But, but the church is not to be just st stalled. We ought to be moving in power. We ought to be moving in what God has called to do. This is what's happening in verse 11. While you stand up and gazing into heaven, the same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they into Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. We believe the upper room was almost like an attic. Amen. An upper room on the top floor where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, and Bartholomew. And Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zealots, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. I'm going to skip to Acts 2 after this. I want you to know there's over a hundred and something people in this upper room waiting for the promise. Now, many times when you're waiting for the promise, what we sometimes miss is waiting that can be very uncomfortable. Oh, come on. Come on. You ain't never wait for nothing from God then. You ain't never waited. If you don't understand being uncomfortable, you ain't never waited for nothing from God. Sometimes you're waiting on deliverance, waiting on breakthrough, waiting on answer prayer. And the test of your faith is in the waiting. Can you keep believing when day by day you're still waiting for it to turn around? Can you keep your attitude? Come on, somebody. 
Because if you want to see her attitude go bad, just make somebody wait. Come on, so just make them wait. You'll find out how much strength they got. Make them wait. Make them wait. Come on. I done waited in this line for 20 minutes and I got here and y'all still ain't got my stuff yet. <laughs> waiting can push the worst out of us because we're tested when we are waiting. They are waiting for a hundred, over a hundred something people waiting for a promise. But what do we have to learn to do? We got to worship while we wait. We got to pray while we wait. We got to work while we wait. We got to serve others while we wait. Tell somebody, I'm still waiting on God to do something. But while I'm waiting, I'm going to praise him. While I'm waiting, I'm going to encourage somebody else. While I'm waiting, this is the part of the, the understanding. While I'm waiting, and what you find out that God can feel in the waiting time with good pleasures, and God can feel in the waiting time with blessings and favor. How come on, God can feel in the waiting time with adventures. Come on, if you learn how to incorporate God while you wait. Some of y'all met good friends while you were waiting. Y'all ain't never seen nothing. In the lobby room while you got your legs crossed, waiting, you mess well end up talking to somebody and you click with them. And the next thing you know, your friends, they exchange numbers because you met somebody and you was willing to be to be hospitable while you were waiting. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, you know, looking at me, I ain't never talked to nobody while I was, I was waiting. That's your problem because you ain't learned how to rejoice while you're waiting. You ain't learned how to smile while you're waiting. Matter of fact, your blessing probably came past you while you was waiting because you had a frown on your face and they was looking because they heard a word from the Lord that said they blessed going to be smiling and they came back you were the one but when they came by you weren't smiling they said that ain't my blessing and they kept on going you better learn how to have a good attitude while you wait you better learn how to get your praise on while you wait you better learn how to worship while you wait while you wait on that job do good on the job you're already on I said, why are you waiting on that other job? Be good on the job you're already on. You can't say, I'm tired of this job. I ain't doing no work today. I want another one. <laughs> Do that all you want to. You're going to need another one. Right. See what I'm saying? You got to have a good attitude. They're challenged to wait for the promise. Children, men, and boys waiting for the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost. But verse 14 gives the key for waiting. 14, they were with one accord. They had agreed that this is for us. Everybody say, this is for us. This promise is for us. They said, this is what God wants to do with us. Now, I, I can't make him come out the sky. This is this is really helps the church today. Because as much word as we know, prophecy as we know, we still think we can make God do something. We still think that. We still think it. That's why y'all, some of y'all don't turn blue in the face. Because you don't prophesy, come now, Lord, and he ain't came yet. You done decreed and declared money cometh and money ain't came yet. Because you don't understand decreeing and decreeing decree, decree and declaring ain't for God. It's for you. You don't, you don't understand that even prayer is not for God. The Bible says he knows what you have need of before you ask him. So prayer ain't for God. Prayer is for you. It's for you to get it out of your chest. It's for you to get the cares off of your life. It's for you to start communication with him. See, we think prayer is for God. Like God, you heard me? God, I ain't hear nothing. I knew what you were thinking when you were thinking it. 
We, we think we decree and declare. We decree, like, I got you now, God. Because I done decreed and declare, I got you by your word. You can't do nothing but what I say do. I'll be like, hey, worse about you. I made you. You the creature. I'm the creation. See, we think we get in prophecy and we're going to tell God when. We almost think that God's a puppet on a string or something. And we're going to say, go here, God, and go here. God, I ain't doing what you say. I'm going to come when I'm going to come. I'm going to move when I'm going to move. I'm going to change when I'm going to change. But can you get back into the waiting room and have a posture of praise and worship and joy? Can you get along with your brother and your sister? See, see, some people keep telling me, when you bless me, God, I'm going to be just as happy. People be saying, y'all know I like to preach this kind of stuff. People say, Lord, when you bless me real good, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to tithe when you bless me real good. God, when you bless me real, real good, I'm going to tithe. And the Holy Spirit be like, la, la, la. La, 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 la. I blessed you before. You ain't tired yet. Then I gave you another job. You ain't tired yet. And la, 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 la. Y'all think y'all be tricky, God. God, will you do this? God be like, Right? I'm trying to tell you, you can't put no proposition on the God that already knows. God wants you to get in the proper position and wait with one accord. I'm about done. Acts 2, let's go. Acts 2 says, and when the day of Pentecost, is what I'm talking about. See, they had to wait until the suddenlies. They had to wait until the suddenlies. You got to stay in the posture church of prayer and worship and praise until miracles happen. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place. Now see, one accord and in one place. See, that's a miracle in itself to keep people with one accord in one place. Now I'm a pastor. I can tell you how challenging it is to lead a group of people. It's rewarding. It's a blessing. But to keep people in, with one accord and in one place, that's a move of the Holy Ghost. With one accord and in one place, because somebody just got to go, somebody got a reason to do something, somebody got to go somewhere, somebody ain't feeling it, somebody, somebody. And suddenly there came, while they were waiting with one accord, there came a sound from heaven, a sound from heaven, as of, as of a rushing, it sounded like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. So I want you to understand that the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, the first thing it filled was the room. Before it filled the people, it filled the room. It was evident that this Holy Ghost is real. Now I'm going to tell this story, and I'm about to close. I came into a situation where I found out that the presence of God is more than a feeling but it's also tangible. Meaning you can feel when he's in the room. I was in a situation where a church, when I was a young guy, a young minister, we did a shut-in all night of prayer. And we went home early that morning, got in that Friday, and went out of the church around 6 a.m. in that morning. And we prayed and worshiped all night. Came back to the church Saturday that day for choir rehearsal. When I walked in the door of the church, I was met by the presence of the Lord. I didn't say hallelujah. I didn't say thank you, Jesus. I walked in the room and he was there. It was undeniable. 
the presence of God was in the room. It was tangible. He was in the room. His presence was in the room. I felt goosebumps all over me. People walked in as well, coming in the choir rehearsal. It was like, oh my God, the Holy Ghost is in here. Needless to say, we didn't have choir rehearsal that day. <laughs> Telling you the Holy Ghost will come in the room, that you know his presence is in the room. Even as we experience today, the fire and the presence of God was in the room. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It's like they saw cloven tongues, and it sat upon each of them. This is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And they were all filled, verse 4, they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance so they weren't speaking on tongues under their own function it was the utterance of the holy ghost as the spirit gave them utterance they began to speak in the holy ghost as the spirit led them they began to speak in the other tongues verse 5 and they were dwelling at jerusalem jews at jerusalem jews devout men out of every nation under heaven pentecost was a festival everybody was at jerusalem for this festival called pentecost and the holy ghost came now this was noised abroad and the multitude came together and were confounded what's going on because that every man heard them speak in his own language and they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another behold are not all these which speak Galileans and how hear we every man in our own tongue where we were born let's explain it very clearly all the Galileans were speaking in a different language a language that was understood by the people who came from those regions so it wasn't just speaking an unknown tongue it was speaking a tongue of a language that people were able to understand what they were saying all right we're not talking about an unknown tongue we're talking about speaking a language that people understood hold oh, they're speaking the works of God in my language now, if that ain't mysterious about the Holy Ghost in itself, that's powerful that the Holy Ghost gave them language from another country. And they were all filled, say all filled, all filled. with the Holy Ghost. I'm about to be done right now. One of the miracles that happened on the day of Pentecost that I love so much is Peter is a main person of the time of Pentecost. The reason I love this so much is because Peter had once denied Christ. I love it. I love this point. Peter denied Christ. All right. He even cussed. Read your Bible. The Bible just helps. We just read. We, we do well just by reading. They said, to, they said to Peter, do you know this man? He said, I don't know. They said, oh yeah, you know him. We saw you. You was with him and his disciples. Jesus was, about to, was, they, Jesus was going to get crucified. Peter said, I, I don't know. Matter of fact, blankety blank blank to help you understand. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. I want y'all to know I don't know them. Because his disciples don't talk like this. They looked at him. Hey, that ain't him. <laughs> That's Bible. I read your Bible. I the next thing you know, Peter goes through a real tough time. But Jesus, but he stays, this is where I'm going to go. This is my point for today. But he stays with 
the rest of the disciples. I want to talk to some of you who've been very weary in your relationship with God. Some of you will never get back on track till you learn to stay around stronger people. Clap your hands, please, for him. Clap it. Some of you will never get your fire back. I love the story of Peter because Peter stays around the disciples. It's the story between Judas and Peter. Judas get overcome by his betrayal that he jumps off a cliff, ends his life. Peter could have took the same type of action, took his life in his own hands, but the Lord restored Peter because Peter stuck around. Ain't no telling how much better you can get if you just start sticking around. Stick around the church. Stick around the people of God. Peter had some, some challenges. Peter was like, hey, you know, Peter had some challenges, but he had a prophecy. Tell somebody, I may have challenges, but I have a prophecy. Peter had a prophecy. He told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what he told Peter. He said, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, Peter means Cephas. Cephas means stone. Revelation, rock, knowing Jesus. If you hold on to Jesus, you can overcome. Peter holds on through his troubles and on the day of Pentecost, out of all people, about to be done, out of all people who could have been preaching the gospel on Pentecost, Peter is the one preaching the gospel. And all the disciples who've done well, God took somebody who has some stumbles. Somebody who need to be refilled, got weak, but stayed around the people of God. Peter jumped up and said, hey man, hey everybody, these people are not drunk as ye suppose, being the third hour of the day. This is prophecy being fulfilled by the book of Joel, where he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. Your young men, your, your young men going to dream, vision, dream, have visions, old men going to dream dreams. He began to prophesy the book of Joel. Some of y'all are back, tell your neighbor, I'm back just in time clap your hands and give Jesus praise right there say I'm back just in time come on I've been through some things but I'm back just in time I've had some bumps in the road stand to your feet please but I'm back just in time back in the waiting room today I took a different shortcut just because of the presence of God in our service today lifting your hands I'm praying for you today some people ask me sometimes Pastor Joe what kind of church is this are so accustomed to being denominational and I'm not against a denomination I'm not if you're Baptist just be Baptist and say feel with the Holy Ghost you can be Baptist feel with the Holy Ghost you can be A and me feel with the Holy Ghost it don't matter just follow the Bible <laughs> that's it just follow the Bible people get caught up in denominations and stuff and um, people ask me sometimes Pastor what kind of church is this and I say well it's non-denominational they just help you understand we're not Baptist when I hear me. He said, oh, so what y'all believe? We believe? We need the Bible. <laughs> Hopefully that's what Baptists believe. Hopefully that's what AME believe, right? The Bible. Not the name of the church, non-denominational spirit filled believers. Believe in the word of God. You lift your hands. I want to pray over your life today that you will be filled and refilled the Holy Spirit. It's been the difference in my life. The Holy Spirit has been the difference in my life. 
I can't tell you how many trials and tribulations I faced all my life and the things I would have gave up on, how frustrated I would have been if the Holy Ghost did not help me on this journey. I would have gave up a long time ago. I couldn't tell you where I would be if I didn't have Holy Ghost-filled friends and Holy Ghost-filled church members. People who picked me up in the spirit and prayed for me. People who called me on my toughest days. How many ever got a call on a tough day from a Holy Ghost-filled person? Well, God told them your business to benefit you. Told them your business to bless you. Come on, somebody. Where would I be without the Holy Spirit in our lives? Will you lift your hands and just want to thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit in our lives? This church was birthed through the Holy Spirit. Our Spirit-filled church. Spirit-filled church. I was telling a story to Prophetess Perry and her husband, Pastor T, to my left front row. Before I started pastoring, I was in worship and the Lord asked me a question. He said, do you, he asked me a question, do you want me to bring you into what I'm doing? I'm already saved and I got a little arrogant at the moment. I paused like, what you mean? This is what my mind was saying. What you mean? I already know what you're doing. <laughs> he said, do, he asked me again, do you, while I was thinking, he asked me again, do you want me to bring you into what I'm doing? And I said, yes, Lord. That conversation was the beginning of God teaching me how to pastor. That conversation was the beginning of the Holy Spirit teaching me how to build grabbing a hold of my mind and making me vulnerable to leadership and vulnerable to following him. That one conversation, he said, I'm going to teach you how to pastor a church. I'm going to teach you how to lead a church and not struggle. <laughs> hey, hey, Shatai. I do want to announce while we're worshiping that this church has never struggled. Never. We've waited, but we've never struggled. I, I said we've never. In the 15 years of existence, we have never struggled. We've waited, but we've never struggled. Never struggled. Never struggled. Never struggled. Even as we went to our first building, I'm going through some things on purpose. Even when we went to our first building, and I was frustrated about the process of getting our first building. And I got on my knees and prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm so frustrated. I'm just aggravated. I've been looking for this building. And I got a building. You said no. This ain't our building. We ready to, we done shouted in this building. I done brought the directors. We done shouted in this building by faith. And, and we believe it's our building. And I get in prayer and you tell me this ain't our building. I'm just frustrated with you. I'm praying to the Lord. The Lord talked back to me and said, get out of my presence talking like that. Don't you ever come to me talking to me like that. He said, rather ask me where the building is. He said, don't talk to me like I ain't got it prepared for you. Stop acting like you live in life without me. He said, start asking me, Lord, lead me to the building. I got out of that type of prayer that just seemed like I'm on my own and God not with me. And I said, Lord, where the building is? Show me where it is. That's, you know, God, show me where the building is. And that's how we got Petty Drive. We was paying the, 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 the rent with 17 people so 
what you think happened when a hundred people came? That was overflow. Start putting people on salaries. Start managing stuff. Start saving money. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you, if you start praying in the spirit, y'all hear what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to tell y'all, he birthed me in the spirit and taught me through the spirit he can lead and guide me and he started telling me certain things. And it's been the key to our success. It's key to our success. So hands lifted. I'm trying to teach you that so you'll learn it for your life. He took the struggle out of my life. Tell somebody he can take the struggle out of your life. You'll have to wait, but he'll take the struggle out. Some of y'all, all you know is struggle. Oh, I'm about to come for you. I'm about to pray. I'm about to go. Some of y'all, all you know is struggle, 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 struggle. But you got to start praying differently. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Show me where, show me where my blessings are. Show me where my favor is. Show me where my job is. Show me where I need to go. Show me how to do this. And the whole, the life in the spirit. That's what I'm talking about today. Back to that waiting room. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.